Hey, 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 welcome to the Moments of Joy podcast. This week we have a special guest, Benika Lewis. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. Power, power, power. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. I need the joy. Welcome to the Moments of Joy podcast. I'm so excited to have with us a new friend of mine, uh, Vanika Lewis. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be joining you here today. Thank you so much. I'm just so thankful for social media. <laughs> so many wonderful people that I meet online and um, form relationships with. So I'm thankful for just um, connecting with you and where this will go. Likewise. Yes. So you had a very powerful story. I went onto your website. I was just drawn by you. I don't even know why I started to follow you. Um, but I did, and, and you know, I just believe the Holy Spirit just started to highlight using me out of all the new podcast shows that I followed, wow. and um, so I began to just read your story, and I was really blown away, and I was like, yes, I have to have her on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we live for, a good story, the glorified God in the end. <laughs> You probably liked it because I'm a little ratchet. You like, yes, I can get with her. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I liked how you wrote, like, you know, we were having a conversation. <laughs> yes. You were like, I told y'all. <laughs> yep. So I enjoyed that. So I just want to start um, the listeners off with getting to know you and um, a little bit about your childhood. I start everybody off there to just bring us all the way through your testimony. So if you could just um, share with us how you grew up. Sure. And uh, just so y'all know, I always say I like to keep it real. I code switch sometimes when I'm talking. So y'all make it a little proper and then y'all make it a little ratchet, you know, Uh, but we're going to get the communication across well either way. Um, But to help you understand some of where that comes from, I actually uh, grew up here in the Bay Area. So Northern California, the San Francisco Bay Area um, to a married couple. My parents are still together, um, but my mother had three children prior to me. And um, the interesting component is my father is white. So I am the only biracial um, children child of the bunch. Um, So the baby and that actually, you know, added to some of who I am and a lot of my diversity. So um, I was a little mixed chick when it wasn't quite, you know, popular and um, in the hood, Uh you know, on top (laughs) of that. But I had some uh, ride or die siblings and and cousins that held me down. So they think I'm for cousins. Problems, (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, But my parents were believers. And so I was raised attending church and learning about God. Um, I did not have a personal relationship with him. So I got into a lot of things. I got into a lot of things, um, chasing something that I, I had no clue what it was. 
And with that, I actually um, ended up getting pregnant at the age of 14. So I was uh, going into my freshman year of high school and um, I had my daughter the day before my 15th birthday. Um, That, of course, as you can imagine, um, caused a lot of turmoil and and hot moments, but I had a really good support system. So I was still able to attend school, graduate on time. Um, But then I turned around and um, hooked up with another knucklehead and Mm -hmm. had another kid um, at the age of 19. So I was a two-time over teen mom. Mm-hmm. Um, got a wake-up call a little bit after having my second daughter and decided to go back to school um, to further my education, graduated from college, but was still um, being a little Tatiana. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just yes. Fool, okay? I was just still <laughs> the absolute fool until um, I believe I had just kind of gotten heartbroken one too many times and recognized that I never really fit in fully to the scenes that I was rocking out in. You know, Mm -hmm. I could get in where I fit in, but I I never quite fully fit in. And it was because I knew that the Lord was calling me um, to be different. And so Mm -hmm. um, in my 20s, you know, working finally with a solid career, getting stable from that perspective, I actually ended up back at church. And it was then I gave my life to Christ and he just kind of turned things around, Mm -hmm. all the way around. Mm -hmm. And he has used my story essentially um, to be able to witness to some women who are also down and out and maybe feel like some of the decisions that they've made have them locked into a place where they do not have any redemption. Mm-hmm. And I allow my story um, in all of its transparency to let them know, as the old folks used to say, if he did it for me, he could do it for you. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Wow. So I was writing questions while you were talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's go back to um, being a mixed kid because I don't know if you watch this new show called Mixed that's out. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross has a new show out. I've been seeing that. I have not watched it yet. I am curious. Yes. So I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's on like the fourth episode. And I've been watching because um, it gives us a better look into the life of a mixed child Mm -hmm. and something that I've never thought about and so having to choose you know which side you relate with so did you go through that as a kid trying to figure out what whether you related to the white kids or the black kids or did you go to a school that was more um urban so you didn't have that problem I didn't have that problem for two reasons um so understanding my parents my father is from back east he grew up in boston and actually from a pretty well-off family um Mm -hmm. and he didn't like growing up having access to everything he still felt he had a void so he kind of ended up here in california in berkeley um in the 70s looking to live a hippie lifestyle and um him and my my mother is from the hood 
My, mm-hmm. um, her parents actually migrated here from down south mm-hmm. and they stayed in, in a rougher area. And um, him and my mother actually were connected through someone that they knew mutually on a blind date. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and so they got married and I, I came along. However, my father had no family out here. Okay. So although that's a part of who I am and I did have connection with them, they were not present. So the family that I knew on a regular basis was my African-American side of the family, my my hood side. And so I knew I was different because obviously my father's race and people called it out. Um, including close close family and community, but in regards to who I related to, it was the more urban side because that was my environment and that's who I was around all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think you would enjoy the show because what you just described about your parents is exactly how her parents met in the show. What? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> the dad watch is like a well-off. His dad is is rich, and the mom has a little hood family, and they met during the hippie phase, and then they went in college, and I think one of them went to a law school. Berkeley's not a law school, is it? They they have law. I want to say it's Berkeley, but I might be making it up. But. Wow. <laughs> Wow. But I was like, that that is so funny. <laughs> so but yeah, okay. I gotta take that out. <laughs> and it, um I always laugh at the story. So my dad is uh, obviously from Boston. He's a Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox fan. And so um, you know, with us growing up, we had starter jackets and stuff like that with different teams, but back then right. They didn't have that. And so if you ever saw somebody with a team jacket, it meant that Uh they knew somebody who played on the team. And so a guy ended up being an African-American guy walking down the street in Berkeley with a Red Sox jacket. Mm. And so my father stopped him because that was a connection. They started talking and becoming friends. Mm. And so that's the guy that knew my mom. Okay connecting them look at that wow that's a beautiful story it's crazy and then, I, I told you my mom yeah. had three kids so you yeah. know when my dad was marrying her his family was like uh-uh yeah <laughs> no you ain't that ain't what we do you know and, um, so that was a struggle alone and I yeah. actually for many years even up into probably more recent years was um the only biracial child on both sides of my family yeah wow Mm -hmm. wow that's uh, that's pretty neat I love that that's interesting to me (laughs) yeah so you go through and and how was it being the youngest kid and then amongst your siblings the only you know what did you say you were just the youngest yeah, the youngest and, and the only biracial. They gave right, me right. Okay, only biracial. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, because naturally it was a blended family as well, which brings right. about its own complex issues. Yes. Um, and so my my oldest sister is ten years older than me. 
Okay. And so um, there were those issues already. Who this man uh-huh. is coming up around here trying right. to tell us what to do. And you bite at that, you know, like what you, what? And then, so it was, there were those issues with them kind of becoming right. one family and then having me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was spoiled, but I had a rough too, because mm-hmm. um, that it was an opportunity through frustration or moments where, you know, multiple family members may not have been getting along with my dad. Sometimes I got the overflow of that. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you're 14 years old and you end up pregnant. Now, was this someone that you thought was your boyfriend at the time or, you know, how did the pregnancy come about? Yes. In my little teenage world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so being a wild child um, and the youngest, this kind of played part in it. Uh, I always would just want to be with my sisters, and mm-hmm. so um, house parties was still popping back then. Oh, wow. I would sneak out and go with my sisters to house parties, and um, at the time, my daughter's father would be hanging out there. He you know, didn't have um, his parents around like that. So he was just kind of out doing his own thing, but we were close in age um, at the parties. And so we connected and um, he was my boyfriend, you know, at the time you think this is somebody I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Yeah. he, so I did, you know, just being active early on and not quite understanding the impact of all of that. my mom didn't beat me. Oh, she probably right. should have. Right. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? You know, what, what the heck was I doing? She, um, right. you know, she didn't beat me like she should have. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so just being wild, sneaking out, going to house parties, thinking I was grown and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, ended up pregnant at 14. And how was it in, in high school in California being pregnant? Were you the only one? Um, yep. And did you lose friends? I did not lose friends. Okay. Um, I was the only one. Okay. I had a individual counselor that worked with me with my school and because of that. And I actually think that um, that was the Lord setting me up because mm-hmm. um, they, they worked with me to be successful. And, um, here's the crazy thing. You talk about generational curses. My mother had three kids when her and my father met because my mother was a teen mom. Mm -hmm. And so she also understood what was happening. And so, um, just, they created a really good support system for me. So Mm -hmm. at school I had, uh, I grew up in, uh, an area where everybody kind of knew each other. And mm-hmm. so the friends that I had, I had grown up with through like elementary, middle school. So we were really close. So um, I did not lose any friends. There were, however, chunks of time where I was missing. And so there are moments where my friends may still talk about things that happened and I wasn't present. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up taking a half of a semester off and doing independent studies after I had my daughter. Okay. Um, just to be with her for that period of time. Right. And um, I went back to school. Now, the one thing, other thing my parents did do 
is they was like, um, that's your kid. Yeah. You are wow. going to support her financially. We aren't. Right. You know, and they, so mm-hmm. what I ended up doing as well as I continued through high school, I would go to school and my mother ended up retiring early. So that oh, that's great. Because um, my sisters had kids too. She just decided I'm going to be um, the caretaker for them while you all are doing school and working. Okay. So I would go to school and my mother would keep my daughter. And um, then when I got home from school, I would maybe have an hour or two and I would go to work. Mm-hmm. Wow. I got a job early. And mm-hmm. so um, that was to make sure that you know, between her dad and I, we actually were providing financially for her. That's great. That's awesome. And, and so then you go through 14, 15, 16, 17, you managed to graduate high school. So I know mm-hmm. you felt really good. Yes. As a teen mom graduating high school. Yes. And did you go to college or did you just continue to work? I continue to work. Um, okay you know, money wise. And I'll say my family outside of my dad, of course, his background was different. He went to four year college. Um, my family didn't really make school a big deal. It, you know, that's something I think that is a little different here in California. People will go to school, but it's not something that's just expected of everyone. And so that conversation was kind of there. I had some friends who were doing it, but for me, my focus was on money. So I just kept working and I hadn't considered even going to a four year or any type of college at that point until I had my second daughter. And I realized that I wanted something um, with more stability, a career that would help me provide for them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I was just working, trying to get some coins and being right. a wild child. Right. I um I wanted to talk about when you were 19 and you became pregnant again. And so what what was happening at that time? Were you know yes, were you still was, in your mom's house? I still was staying with my parents. Okay. And working and um at the time um my older daughter her father and I had separated. He was, you know, being wild and cheating and all of that. And so we separated. So I was uh, working at a restaurant. I was waitressing. Mm-hmm. And um, we would actually serve food to a local refinery at lunchtime because oh, wow. the uh, men working weren't able to leave. So we would take their lunch and deliver them. And so through that process, I actually connected there with my younger daughter's father. And um, so, of course, I ended up getting pregnant with her because I was being Tatiana. (laughs) And yeah, the Lord hadn't saved me yet, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I got pregnant with her. And it was, you know, like I said, through that pregnancy, it kind of was my wake up call. Um, I was not you know, really mature, but I had matured enough, Mm -hmm. I believe at that point to recognize that there needed to be some change. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. And then, so as you begin to build and as you begin to, you know, 
find God again, what were some of the um, adversities and hard times that you faced? Did you feel a lot of judgment? Um, or was it just really easy to reconnect with um, your father? It's um, it's interesting because I didn't feel a lot of judgment in regards to, you know, being a single mom and the lifestyle that I was living. So mm -hmm. I had reached a point where, like I said, I went back to school and mm -hmm. um, I had a decent job that I was working, but I had doubled up and I was doing like club promotions on okay. top of my day job. And um, so I got to kind of intermingle with a lot of people, local people who were doing really well, celebrities that would kind of come in and out. And so what I was doing was not frowned upon at all. I was able to give my friends VIP access to the clubs, you know, that we were promoting and doing things that I was working. I ended up getting my own place. I had my own car. So from that perspective, in the environment that I was in to those people, I was doing it. Right. They was like, That's oh yeah, awesome. you winning. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you, you mm -hmm. um, because I was working through high school too. Mm -hmm. I actually, with my second daughter, I did, I got on aid temporarily. So right. I needed financial assistance because uh, waitressing and stuff, when I got pregnant, I didn't have, um, the benefits that would protect me and cover me at that time. So I ended up getting on assistance, but I had a lot of family and other friends and stuff who had been on for a long time. And I did know that that wasn't something I wanted to do. Yeah. So I utilized them to actually go back to school. Um, okay. That's they awesome. To pay for my books and stuff. So mm -hmm. as soon as I finished school, I got off. And okay. so from the people in my environment at the time, I was seen as a success story from that alone. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Like, yeah. oh, she got her own place. She ain't in uh -huh. uh -huh. She got a car. You know, right. she working. She went to school. Right. It was like, you winning. Yeah, but yeah. You know, I, and personally, in my soul, I had um, gotten to a place. I think the a lot of, I'm going to be just super real. The men that I was picking mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. just not it. They mm -hmm. just were not it. And it mm -hmm. was because of personal things within me. And I got to a point, it was one relationship I ended up in. Uh, and he was in the music industry as well. We connected through the club promotion piece. But I had told him I didn't want to commit. I was like, I'm not, right. I'm not looking for another commitment. I'm basically tired of dudes dogging me out, doing me wrong. Basically, it was kind of like, I want a friend with some benefits. Right. And um, he was cool with that. I was. And he actually had ended up approaching me and saying, that's not what I want to do anymore. I'm actually looking to settle down. Wow. And I was like, no, it scared mm -hmm. me. Mm. Because that I, I looked at him and I thought he was a great guy at the time. But mm -hmm. something in me was like, no, he don't have no kind of faith. Like he's great, financially stable, you know, looking to be committed, but it was something in me. And I say that was the, that was God beginning to stir something up in me. And, um, his approach scared me. And, wow. and so I just was like, no, I, I turned mm. the, you know, turned the offer down, said, nope, I'm good. And after that, 
I decided I need to be by myself for a little while. And, and this was crazy. So because I was running the streets, my girls would spend a lot of time with my mother, my sister, um, or their godmother. And um, my younger daughter, her godmother had her for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And she had told me on Sunday, you can come pick her up. So okay. the location that she asked me to pick her up from was at church. Okay. And so I was like, okay, wine trip and I'll come pick her up from church. So I went to pick her up. I was getting there, you know, early before service started. Cause I'm thinking I'm picking her up and we don't leave and go home. Mm-hmm. Well, I get to this particular church and they weren't there yet. So, um, there were a couple other people I knew that went there. And one of them was like, oh, you know, you waiting for Azaria, that's my daughter, and um, Nosha, her godmom. I said, yes. And they're like, well, you can just go sit in this room over here until mm-hmm. they come. Um, mm-hmm. You can sit in here and you'll be good. Well, the room they sent me to at the time at this church was a new members class. Oh, wow. And so they sat me in the back of a new member's classroom, which was set up more like it was in their cafeteria at the time. So it was a a nice, comfortable place for me to be. But while I was sitting there, I began to listen to the gentleman that was teaching the class that morning. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to get my daughter and go home that day. And I did not leave. Wow. And I ended up continuing to visit that church and it was Mm -hmm. in that place where I rededicated my life wow that's amazing so what 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 are the things that um you are dedicating that to now and who who are you now and how has your past um helped push you into your destiny of who you are today um today I like to say I am a whole lot of righteous and a little bit of ratchet, (laughs) which really speaks to the whole of who I am um, because of the the past that I had. And and like I said, the decisions that I've made, um, of course, in this short period of time, can't even scratch all of the things that I've done and gone through and experienced. But I was blessed through the process to um, meet someone that was for me and um he was called to pastor so together actually today uh him and i lead a church we launched our own church about three wow. and a half years ago so wow. i am a quote first lady unquote mm-hmm. um which i just laugh at every time i say that look at that that is <laughs> so God, funny like, right god like, you got jokes uh-huh <laughs> You got jokes, yep. Lord. You say, yep, I'm going to use the little bit of ratchet one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. And so I just, you know, through that, um, of course, once I gave my life to God, I just had this unquenchable thirst for him and for his word and and really getting to know him on a personal level and getting into his word just sparked something in me in regards for kingdom business. And um, he ended up really just kind of mapping things out for me. Like I said, connecting me with my husband, um, Mm -hmm. leading us to launch in our church, which has been an amazing journey. So there are women there naturally that I'm able to connect with and lead. Um, But then through that process, he began to really unfold my purpose for me. 
Mm -hmm. And um, that is speaking life into other women. And I, um, I actually, the business that I have, and I believe is how we connected is pretty mm -hmm. and purposed. Yes. And it has been uh, really a process and a focus of helping other women find comfort and confidence mm -hmm. in who God has created them to be, which is the per the pretty part, and then helping them also discover what God has called them to do, which is the the purpose. And so I have really tried to utilize every platform that I have, one, to share my story so that I can be an example of redemption, mm -hmm. um, but two, to also use the word in some of my life experience to empower other women to know, like I said, that they are beautiful, that God has a plan and a purpose for their life. Mm -hmm. And that's been my focus and that is my passion. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been such a pleasure. Where can the listeners find you and how, if they have a question, if they want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? It goes down in the DM. So you can, <laughs> you can absolutely um, DM, hit me up on Instagram, uh, message me on Facebook. But I am listed actually right under my name, Vanika Lewis. Um, if you want like direct links, you can find me on my website, which is www.vanikalewis.com. And I have direct links. You can also email me. Um, at connect at vanikalewis.com as well. Um, I would absolutely love to, I, I, if I, you can, if for a moment, I'll say this, if there is a woman listening to this, maybe you were a teen mom and you've really struggled through dealing with that in your past. Maybe you, you've been Tatiana like me, maybe you still are and you worried um, and questioned if you are worthy and if God is still willing to accept you and do something with you, um, maybe you've just been kind of wilding out a little bit and you haven't been able to find your way back into his arms or into a place of serenity where you can get to know God, then I would love to connect with you um, because I believe that there is nothing too hard for him to turn around and you may just need the right person to speak into your life a little bit. And mm -hmm. so absolutely reach out and do not hesitate to contact me absolutely that was going to be my next question but you got it everyone yes. that will see themselves in your story and so um what a pleasure to have you on the show thank you so much again for joining us on the moments of joy podcast yes and, thank you um, yes it was truly god um divine so i think Thank him for allowing you to be here. Absolutely. Thank you for your platform, for your vision, for moments of joy, um, for being obedient with even reaching out to me. Um, I really appreciate it. And it has been a pleasure connecting Thank with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, God bless. And we will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a powerful and amazing testimony that was. You know, I always just reach for the best in God's, you know, most powerful women wherever they are. So we are so um, grateful to have Vanika Allen come on the show. She's all the way, like she said, from California. So you guys look her up. 
um, follow her. She's going to do some amazing things. Um, and talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Don't forget, you always have the option to choose joy. Take care. To receive your joy.